welcome to Crypt Ricks I've Been Thinking. What's this show all about? Well, it's all in the title. He enjoys interviewing people about issues that he finds interesting and which cause him to sit back and think. Cryptocurrency, true crime, natural law, the occult. No topic is off limits here. He is always enjoyed when people give their points of view or thoughts on different topics that they have researched. And what makes it all great is that it's their unique take on what is being discussed. For that reason alone, it makes it interesting to him. So take that walk down to his crypt. Make yourself comfortable. And just maybe, he will be discussing a topic that you have been thinking about. Here's your host, Crypt Rick. This is Thomas, a.k.a. a mad painter. I'd like you to join me Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Open Canvas. Don't forget to bring an open mind. Yes, folks, that's right. Bring an open mind to an open canvas. Again, that is Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. You opposed government corruption. This is Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. This is the people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it then. Fight it with all that is in us. And may God defend the right. Warning, warning. We gotta stop us! They're gonna kill us all! See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone, or human beings. When the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart. You can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, by all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to win the day to the people who run it, to the people who own it. And unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio of FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You called down the thunder, well now you've got it. Right. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Revolution Welcome to Crypt Ricks I've Been Thinking. What's this show all about? Well, it's all in the title. He enjoys interviewing people about issues that he finds interesting and which cause him to sit back and think. Cryptocurrency. True crime. Natural law. The occult. No topic is off limits here. He is always enjoyed when people give their points of view or thoughts on different topics that they have researched. And what makes it all great is that it's their unique take on what is being discussed. For that reason alone, it makes it interesting to him. So take that walk down to his crypt. Make yourself comfortable. And just maybe, 
he will be discussing a topic that you have been thinking about. Here's your host, Crypt Rick. Well, welcome everybody. We are here again at the Crypt, and I just want to welcome everybody here coming and joining me once again. Having a gonna have a great show tonight. I tell you right now that we are getting dumped on here where I live. Tons and tons of snow again. Just started a few hours ago, and uh, it's it's we're getting dumped on again, which is crazy. I didn't even realize we were going to be getting snow today. So. Hopefully everything runs great tonight. Everything seems to be going great. Internet's holding up great, so that's perfect. And before I get this show going, I just want to let everyone know that, listen, right here at Revolution Radio, it is all listener-supported. So, I mean, like I always say every week, it's you guys that make this all happen, and your donations are definitely needed and welcome. So if you definitely you know, have a little extra cash and you can head up to the donation section, do a little donate, Every little bit helps, and it makes sure that we can keep bringing you great content every day. Basically, you know, seven days a week, 24-7. So everything helps. And, uh, you know, like I keep saying, it's you guys that make this all happen and keep us uh, doing what we want to do here and having a great time doing it. So that is perfect if you can do that for us. So what I wanted to talk about today is kind of interesting. I definitely got a great guest on. I've actually uh, talked to my guest a lot off air and we get into some great topics uh and we usually end up talking for a couple hours it's crazy like we just start talking and our conversations kind of wander all over the place and stuff like that you definitely know who i'm going to be bringing on here i'm talking about bill grant you know him he's got two shows on here he's got argon and he's also known as the dreamer he's got the show the dreamer so i want to take the time to welcome bill grant into the crypt how you doing today bill Hey, pretty good. Uh, a lot better than last night, for sure. I did recuperate. So, uh, yeah, thanks. A lot of people are going to know who I am. And um, they might even be a little surprised uh, we'll be talking about um, – actually, did you introduce the topic yet? Not introduce the topic. I kind of just hinted there that uh, – I was telling people that me and you do talk a lot off the air. And, like, you know, I'll call you up, and usually it's in the middle of the night sometimes because you're a night owl like me, and we get talking about – lots of stuff and we usually end up talking for at least a couple hours at a time it's really incredible and you yeah, you cool. tell me about a lot of stuff and then i end up after i get off the phone i start researching what you told me and looking into the stuff that you told me and then next thing i know i'm up all night doing research on stuff that you brought up so i think we have great conversations so that's why i wanted to get you into the show here like you know come to my crypt here and talk like we do on the phone because it's amazing stuff that we cover and like, uh, yeah, the topic today, which why I brought up to you like probably about three or four days ago, I was t kind of stumbled upon it was Tartaria, which up until I stumbled, I literally did stumble upon this topic, uh, on some watching some videos on YouTube and stuff like that. And I had really never heard of it for some reason. I may, maybe somewhere I just don't remember. I might have heard the name or it kind of mentioned and I never really knew much about it. So, I started looking into it, and I thought of you right away. I was like, I got to ask Bill about this. And I was surprisingly, well, actually, I'm not surprised. You knew a lot more about it than I did. So it's definitely a pretty cool topic, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And it's like, um, it's like I said, basically, this is a topic that, um, and I did bring it up on my show last night while I was. You did, uh, yep. Yep. Well, uh, you know, struggling, struggling there, but I, but I brought it up <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, got through it either way, but, um, 
So in other words, like a lot of people know, like, um, I don't believe in flat earth, but, uh, but I'm an advocate for most flat earthers. Uh, as far as the type of people that believe in that, they're actually great people. And I was like relieved about that, but I'm never going to believe in flat earth. And, uh, and, uh, hollow earth is, um, a lot more believable than flat earth, but still, I don't believe the earth is hollow, but, um, the, then it comes down to this and this is a lot more plausible. And, uh, a lot more along my lines. It's just to me, it's rebranded. So it's, it's like made new again. And, uh, I never knew it as a Tartarian thing specifically, but I always saw the references in the readings and old maps that I used to study involved in old earth from antediluvian earth, pre-flood earth, pre-Atlantean or Atlantean and pre-Atlantean times till now between disasters and war. So I see the connections and I think it's pretty close how they're talking about it. I, I think, but with me, I'm a lot more objective. I don't like being pulled too easy, too fast in any direction. So, um, well, no, that, so, that's cool. And that's a good way to, that's a good way to be. Cause I, I hope I'm that way too. I don't want to just, I never want to be the person that if I hear like one video, I dive right in and I'm a hundred percent in and I'm like, okay, I believe it. Because as I was telling you off the air before we just came on, like I was going, I was watching a lot of like in the last like probably five days, I've been going really hard on this Tartaria thing and it's been leading me all kind of all down these different rabbit holes. And one of them, that's where we got to the flat earth part. I mentioned that to you when we were talking, I'm like, I, now I'm kind of, it's branching me right into flat earth and all of these different areas. So, you know, I was like, wow, I got it. It's kind of weird when you start researching a certain area, how it just kind of snakes and spider webs into a whole different uh, directions that you never thought it would take you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did you uh, see any more videos since uh, yesterday on Tartaria? Uh, no, I, I well, I watched the three like I, like the one I'm talking about. Uh, just to let our listeners know is I stumbled upon one called Stolen History lifting the veil of deception and it's a three at least the the channel that i found it on on youtube it's easy to find uh if you type in that in the search bar it'll come up it's a three-part series and i definitely it was like it's kind of like the first episode like the first series part of it is like 15 minutes and then it goes to like an hour and 20 and then the last one is like three hours so that's what i've been spending the last couple days watching and then i watched it a second time just to kind of take some notes and stuff like that and i remember i asked you to watch uh, the first two. So hopefully you at least check them out for me. Oh yeah. Yeah, I did. I got to see the whole thing. My problem is that, um, <clears throat> it's really hard for me to concentrate under my conditions here. And, uh, but I did, um, I did watch it. I did, um, probably learn a couple new things. And, um, my problem is just remembering things specifically. And, uh, see this, there was a lot of good historical information in there that right. I thought was very important actually. And, um, so I was really glad to see it. So it's really, that was those versions. I don't think I saw those two versions. Uh, I saw the other originals when they kind of kicked off from like Scotland or England. Uh, one of the main guys who started the narrative and, uh, and, uh, you know, that was over a year and a half, two years ago, maybe more, more than that. And, um, so that's kind of what made it new for most of the people. Uh, but that's not, it was never a new concept to me. So in a way I was, um, happy and in, in a way I was a little disappointed. I'm like, 
it's always some other country now, like America's last. And uh, but I'm glad everyone's catching up either way. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm. Su- oh, sorry. Go ahead, Bill. Sorry. Oh, I'm just saying, and thanks for inviting me too. Oh, you're very welcome. I I enjoy our conversations. I really do. I tell you that all the time, especially when we get talking and. As I was saying, our conversations kind of go all over the place, and and which is cool to me. I like that, and I hope that people that were you know are listening tonight enjoy that too. And you know, if one thing that we talk about tonight you know sparks your interest and takes you down a path that you're going to go look, you know, which that's kind of what happens to me. I'll be listening to people uh, in interviews and stuff like that, and then something my ears will perk up when I hear something, and then I start looking into it, and that's where I kind of start branching that's how i like i said i kind of found out about this whole tartaria thing and that those videos the the videos that we're talking about uh were really cool because like you said they really break down um what i think what resonates with me i have to go by i always tell you and i tell people i i go by what resonates for me to what seems true and i and i can remember since i've been a little little kid when i was a little kid that i never bought into the stuff like I had a, her- a terrible time in school because I was always questioning the teachers and I and that's one thing I still remember that I drove the teachers crazy I went to a catholic school I drove the poor priest the poor priest I drove crazy by asking him questions and uh that he just couldn't answer and I just remember that from a young age not believing what we were being told and not like not totally I mean I really do believe that they are rewriting our history and that they are trying to make us forget where we came from like what do you think that's the feeling i get is that they're trying to make us uh forget who we are where we came from like what do you think yeah basically that's been the game for thousands of years either way one way or another that's that's um a good high percentage of truth no matter what the exact story is and how in depth that is they can't hide it completely it ends up in in lore and stories and things like that um um basically what what i've said on and off is um like the good a good example is the romans and pre-roman greek and others ballast and more basically they with all the conquering going on they'd absorb the old nations and then they'd replace or merge with the culture by force but but whenever there was major atrocities they would just bury it and literally bury it or hide it or blur the lines and anytime there's any heroic figure of their culture they they blame themselves no no that's our, that's our god you know that's our heroic figure uh that came from us well no it didn't well it kind of did we all, we've all merged thousands of years before and then divided and sort of came back and clashed with each other so in a way we all were one ish by a certain point of blending and then um we still divide and and clash and you have the right. warrior class that makes sure we always clash and make sure they always bury their crimes so my point is they're burying their crimes they bury their crimes they've made sure they keep doing that adding nauseum right and that that's that's a good way that's the way i kind of looked at it too from when i like and i like i said i'm then forgive me people like i said i'm very open up when i tell you I'm very new to this, and, I, and so I'm not claiming that I'm an expert on this or anything. I'm learning like everyone else, and so anyone, if you know, can reach out to me that has really, you know, got this down and knows a lot about it, I would love to have them on the show to even interview them, 
so I, I love to learn and that's one thing I enjoy doing and meeting people and talking to people like I, that's what this show is all about. I love meeting people and discussing things and that, what you said kind of, that resonates with me. I do believe and it makes sense to me that, you know, that I, I do believe that there was a, a more, like we were advanced at one time, like in our past somewhere we had a lot of technology and then some type of cataclysm kind of where they go with this, uh, in this, uh, videos that I was watching, kind of, they're talking about the mud uh, floods, and which could have been caused. They, you know, they're not sure why. They kind of talk about the floods and stuff like that. But the gist of it is, there was a big cataclysm, and it kind of wiped out uh, that civilization. And then another civilization, which they kind of say came from the like Europe in that area, came and started uh, basically <laughs> conquering, like you said. And writing their own narrative because they're the ones that are doing the conquering and they get to write the story as they go along. So what do you see some like some merit in the mud floods and that's kind of like how this whole thing triggered off kind of? I I see it. I don't see it specifically. Or the floods as, or the floods like Noah. That, that's what they mentioned too. Right. I, I see it more as um, – see, mud flood, th that word I, I think is new to me in – in describing this whole thing as Tartarian was kind of new to me, but everything else had to do with um, like ancient um, ice ages and with every ice age or any sudden change in um, the atmosphere and everything, uh, there's massive storms that are unexpected, which would wipe the hills away around you and have like a mud flood. But after an ice age, after the ice builds up and the snow builds up, um, Eventually, it melts when the ice age is gone, and it's massive flooding there. But, but in those areas and others, there's always been massive earthquakes, and at least uh, a lot of the groups come from places that had regular massive earthquakes. So, their stone masonry one one of the big ways in which stone masonry evolved with the masons themselves and more pyramid builders and more were to deal with earthquakes and how to make an see they're all about in uh living forever physically and keeping um making something last forever and that was right. about homes and build and buildings and it had to do with surviving earthquakes first of all and um and then eventually I think that led to them trying to outlast like the snow when they when they ended up in the north out of deserts in those areas. And uh, stop me if I'm talking too long because uh, no, no, by all means, no. I I love listening to that, and I, and it does make I do see what you're saying. Like I, I mean, when I look at the the buildings from our our past, um, they're incredible. And the thing that I find shocking, and I was looking at a lot of pictures on the internet in the last few days, and I I was going way back in history and looking at the different buildings, like the different like how they were built and constructed way back when, and in the different areas of the world. And it's really shocking how similar all of the buildings kind of were. And they kind of have that, that Roman, the Greco-Roman look, like, you know, with the pillars right. and all of that. And it's shock. What was shocking to me when I started digging into these pictures is that places that are like, were apparently were never in contact with each other. They were all building the same. Like they're all their buildings, like were looking very, very similar. Like it was really, when you start looking at it and I stress people to do that when, uh, just start Googling buildings and then start looking at the different buildings from different parts of the world way back when, you know, hundreds, a couple hundred years ago, 500 years ago. And when you start seeing the similarities in all of these 
constructions that with apparently places that never even knew about each other. It's really shocking, and that's what leads me to believe, and I'm just wondering what, if you agree with that, that there was at one time like a a very uh, technical, you know, like a very techno, how should I word it, like a technically advanced culture. Do you think there was at one time that we're not being told about is, I guess, my question. I I always go back and forth on that because <clears throat> because in some ways they were they were more advanced in us at least obviously with stone masonry uh, at least they cared a lot more and put a lot more into it whether it would be by force or because it was their culture or their religion and they followed the commands of maybe they believed the pharaoh or whatever really was a god and that kind of thing. Um, they really um, were forced to be as perfect as they could in any case. And um, in some cases, it would be they'd be put to death if it was uh, below a certain level. And um, and if they were to even make a word like the name of God wrong, you spell the name of God wrong, you, you get killed. They'd kill you. Right. So, right. you know, so they, they had to be real careful. And um, but they turned every everything physical into a religion. So if you did made a perfect stone block or whatever you're doing, then you're really working on your soul and you want to go to heaven and, you know, be looked down great for it's for God. Right. So you better do a good job. But those pillars. See, it's not just pyramids and obelisks. Right. It, it comes down to like you were just alluding to, like the Greco, the Greco, Greco, Roman style is mostly known around like the white house kind of thing and all the capitals right right you know? but back in the like i was saying like 500 years ago around the world you can see pictures not maybe not that long because i'm you know within give me a couple hundred years or whatever but in the drawings that i saw and stuff like that and the pictures that i could find from way back when i'm not sure exactly how long ago they were taken but they were definitely all the buildings were in a very similar style to that white house look you know with the pillars and all of that and i just found that really shocking in a way i was like wow like if these people have never met these 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 uh cultures and that have never met because they're so far apart how are they building the same so yeah that's, you know it kind of made me wonder like maybe that's why i believe that we did have an advanced civilization at one point that a cataclysm whether it was a flood a mud flood earthquakes volcanoes you pick it wipe this wipe this off the planet wipe that off the planet and then we've kind of forgot about it i see how there's evidence that it could have been an advanced civilization but i also see how how normal technology they they see they did things in a big way and me being involved in different or associated with brotherhoods of various kinds they believe in doing things very um large on a large scale very um have great great plans they believe in being great and doing great things in in large scale and mass and into perfection so they they believe first of all that's possible and that we should do it so whenever they built boats just out of wood they built them giant they they built like vikings rowing across the ocean just by hand with the sail too but uh, i mean we're talking we had a lot healthier bigger much stronger people back then and and when it wasn't just that we had we had greater numbers working on one project too but we had um in ancient times they had reed boats in egyptian times and beyond just made of reeds 
going across the entire ocean. So, like, there are ways, there are explanations. They didn't have to have, like, a flying saucer or even an airplane. But at the same time, there's also some evidence they had at least airplanes, dirigibles, and maybe actual flying saucers. So, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that's not true. Like, there's, you know, like, they could have done it in a primitive way, but they, there's evidence it could have been actual anti-gravity. Right. Well, that's the thing. When you start going down this whole rabbit hole, I was kind of like, you, you come across a lot of crazy stuff. And I, and so that's the trick is to kind of try to navigate through it and, you know, weed out the stuff that, you know, people are embellishing on or what they're, they're just speculating on, which I think a lot of it is. Cause some, like I was reading some things, I was actually reading a lot of uh, articles and so, like stuff I could find on the internet. Um, and a lot of, some people believe that, you know, there was like definitely at that back in that time, there was a lot of like high technology and like they like they had free energy back then. And, you know, basically from the story that I'm getting and I could be wrong, like I said, I'm still researching it. So anybody that knows a lot more about it than me and you do, don't chew my head off. I'm getting there. I'm learning. So I got to start somewhere. But from what they were saying, what what I understood is that from this cataclysm, the technology was wiped out or buried, whatever you want to call it, and then rediscovered. And then that this is the technology that we were seeing in the 19th century that was coming out at a great rate. Like back in the 19th century, you know, it started with the whole tech, uh, you know, the whole revolution of technology and everything. You know, it was a great time for that and industrial uh, stuff like along that line. So they basically were trying to allude to that it wasn't so much technology that was being built, but more introduced because it was rediscovered. If you kind of follow what I mean. Yeah, I I see that as a possibility. And me too. Yeah, really, me too. It, it really bothers me though that if that is actually the case, um, I see how we we evolved and developed. I see all the history. I've seen all the history on how things develop naturally. On the other hand, I also know the ancient goal was to revive the old uh, super civilization, uh, what they believed was one anyway, and. Um, and on the other hand, I know the real potential of humans to do just about anything if we just decide and if we stop believing. And um, like like one thing that bothered me is like mankind can't do this and can't do that. So they must have had this and must have had that. Well, I have actual such faith of what we're capable of doing and how we're our current normal abilities have been played down so badly that. I was counteracting that. I'm like, to me, in a way, the pyramids are like a massive accomplishment. On the other hand, I call it a pile of stones because we're currently capable of going way beyond. We we have somewhere within our libraries and books openly all the examples of how we can do this. But to go back real quick, uh, Rick, I um, the reason I brought up the uh, the earthquakes into the masonry had to do with the the mud floods and liquefaction. So so in other words, over time they knew things would be ruined by some mudslides and some surprise rain, but more importantly, earthquakes, they knew earthquakes existed and um they had to be ready for liquefaction or just surviving the mass vibrations and the liquefaction is 
wasn't so much about mud, but massive earth movements during mega catastrophes create massive global like liquefaction. I wouldn't say global entirely, but certain mega regions across the globe here and there would have major, not just local liquefaction. They'd have like really widespread areas. And if the, if you have that mixed with like snow and ice, um, then I think um, at least the local hills of that never really got rained down would finally like slide down around them. Not necessarily mountains, but just hills and or they would sink down straight into the ground. And um, I think that may have had to do with it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's like, I found the mud when they, when I kind of stumbled up, like, uh, was learning about the mud. I never heard of really that either. Like I've obviously heard about the floods, like Noah's flood and stuff like that. I think everybody's heard of that. And then I kind of, they were talking about the, some of the research I was doing, they were talking about these mud floods and they're not sure, like there's really no history of where they, what happened or where it came from. And stuff like that. And then I, and then I was kind of weird. Like I was like, you were the one that told me to kind of check out the maps and stuff like that. And when you go further back, you can see maps that kind of have like Tartaria on it and stuff like that. But then they're definitely erasing that whole, at least from what I can tell, they're trying to erase the whole word, I think, or knowledge of that out of our history. Like from what I can tell, and I could be wrong, but from what I can tell so far, it's something that they're trying to not let us like for some, I just keep getting the feeling that they're they're hiding something from us like something in our past they're trying to hide and you know and and I've always believed uh, I've heard somebody say that if you cut somebody off from their origins you you own them like and I I've and that's always read in, resonated with me and I think that's where humanity kind of is right now I've always kind of thought that that we don't really because there's so many different um People that, you know, some say we came from a prime to lose, some say this, some, you know, there's so many different theories I did. I think kind of humanity is kind of wobbling around because uh, we don't know our origins, like for sure. Like we're kind of and I think that if you do, like I was saying, if you cut somebody off from their origins and they don't really know where they came from, it's a very dangerous place, position to be in because we could fall for anything kind of thing. Like we if you don't know where you came from. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And uh what I was alluding to a little bit last night um, is if they take all the kids and you're just a little kid, one, two, three, four, or, or just a baby, five, six, seven. Um, if you're taken from your parents for any reason in this new commie world and then you never see them again and you're raised by the state, they can tell you the rest of the world uh, and they plan to. See, we're being erased now. That's why this I is agree. Where, you know, yeah, right I agree. now. I, it's it's happening right now they're <clears throat> exactly yeah you know, like it's so important we bring this up for that reason because uh they're they're erasing they're taking down the statues they're they're closing they're making it hard to go into libraries and i know for years they've been taking books out of the libraries because me being involved in suppressed technology and secret insider groups and things like that um I knew what was going on. I wanted to kind of gather what I could, <clears throat> but I also knew the people involved a little bit too here and there. And they have been, and, and all the rumors anyway. So what the government does is they go into every normal library and they try to hire their own people that would uh, deny certain books. Like they have some book selectors, right? 
Right. And uh, people that decide which ones go get sold for yards, like for the for the library sales. So the government comes in and they just they just check out the book. They just check out all the books that are important and um, they just never bring them back. So that's like a trick they do. They'll just right. pretend they're a person who owes a bunch of fines and they go, Oh, they'll call them up, say, Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know. I'll, I'll pay the fine. I'll pay them. They'll pay them a few fines, string them along and then say, Oh, I lost it. I'm sorry. I'll just pay for it. And they're gone. So right now we can't go into libraries if we're not masked, if you're not vaxxed, if you're not jabbed and stabbed and poked and, and infected. <laughs> You know, right, right, and it, and that's true, and it's and now with the internet and everything's being on the internet now, and which I always have always thought that the internet is a definitely a great tool if used for the right things, and but it can also be a, a dangerous tool if you're in the wrong hands or you let it um, kind of lead you down the wrong way. It's kind of like it's great that we never in the history of humankind have we had this much knowledge at our fingertips. Is what I'm trying to say. Like we have so much information and you know like you were saying back when we were younger you had to go to a library you had to go pick out a book you had to go and read the book and stuff like that you had to, it, there was a little bit of work to involve to go get knowledge you had to go to the library you had to, as i was just saying now it's right at your fingertips you can type in anything on your search engine and, and start researching it you can bring it up on youtube start researching it it's that quick and just before we continue, I, I just because you were talking about stuff being taken out of libraries and rewritten, and it just remember me, I wrote down something, and it's from George Orwell in 1984, and it just, let me just read this, it's just a little caption, but when I read it, it just made me think of this whole topic that we were covering, and what it says is, every record has been destroyed or falsified, every book rewritten, every picture has been uh, repainted, Every statue and every street building has been renamed. Every date has been altered, and the process is continuing day by day, minute by minute. And I think that is so strong of a, a paragraph. That is what's going on in our world. That's what I feel, and right or wrong, that's what I resonates with me is that our history is being rewritten. What do you think? Yep, absolutely. 100%. And, um, that used to be a saying of mine as a kid that was more figurative and when I was angry about something or just being stern. But now when I say it these days on air and stuff, I mean it 100%. I mean it completely literally. So yeah, that, that is what's going on. Right. Yeah. And then it was kind of cool because I was even reading a few documents, um, this morning that kind of piqued my interest and i and they could not be they could not be accurate i'm i'm not saying that this is uh written in stone when i'm what i'm going to say but it was it was kind of cool and they were talking about how a lot of uh paint uh cave paintings and stuff over the year you know over time have been discovered and stuff like that and the guy they were kind of speaking about you know it's kind of funny how these paintings cave paintings seem to uh, like kind of disintegrate over time once they're they're discovered it seems like they've been leaving the last thousands of years and nothing's ever happened to them and then once they're discovered and they were showing examples of this of how they were kind of degrading and stuff like that and they were kind of saying like you know who knows maybe our history is kind of being they can use these type of cave paintings and kind of redo them to tell the story that they want if you know what i mean so they could tell the story of evolution through these cave paintings or whatever like it was kind of a neat just a neat side note that i thought to bring up 
that it's kind of weird how these cave paintings have survived all these, you know, thousands of years. And then once they're discovered, they get, they kind of disappear. And then who knows, they could be altered. They could be falsified. I'm sure there's a lot of falsifying going on all around the world on many different things. So I just, what do you think of like, kind of, I could see it. It's not, it wouldn't shock me. Right. It it wouldn't really shock me either. Unfortunately, that would really disturb me if there was none that were real. Um, here's what. But that's what to. I thought. That's what I thought, Bill. I was like, wow. Like, what if all these like capings and that that were that they're discovering? What if they have been altered? Just saying. Like, just think about it for a second. If they were altered, and it's not telling the accurate story, or what about old texts like ancient? text and stuff like that what if they've been rewritten and re-altered we don't like we don't know if they have or haven't and it's kind of disturbing when you start thinking about it well you know the main thing is a lot of them certainly are original but we find that a lot of them are copies of ancient stories of other groups from like a thousand right. or a hundred years before that uh, hundreds of miles or a thousand miles away you know and uh, misinterpreted and here's the thing First of all, to go back to the caves. Now, I do believe some of them were real. Now, what is the real age is the question. And um, how advanced were we at the time? We have people living in caves today, modern people with modern genes on, you know, right. we're living in caves today, uh, many places. But see, the plausible explanation is that most caves that have been found, there already have been visible and open and um, they've long since been uh, weathered and uh, bugs crawled all over them and moisture and mold and things would have disappeared. The new caves, most caves still, caves are found all the time and um, they usually don't have anything in them. But sometimes there are something like a cave painting in there and uh, they've been sealed for thousands or a million years or whatever it really was. And um, so once they're exposed, so most of them, maybe most of them had something in them, but still even sealed, they kind of eroded away. Um, but a few would survive, I would expect. And once opened up, any moisture or bugs that crawl in there would just erode it fast. However, right. it's suspicious. We have to be totally objective. And say, no, I, I could easily see them pushing Darwin at the time, who I do believe in. I do believe in Darwinism, not 100% the way they have it. I do believe in interference and genetic interference. And people know I, I believe aliens have tinkered with us and all that. Right, I was I, gonna, yeah, I want to talk to you about that maybe in the second hour. We've, we've talked about that off the air, too. I've grilled, I've, I've grilled poor Bill's brain on so many different topics. But so you, like, I have a lot of trouble with Darwin. I really do. To be honest with everyone that's listening, I, and I, that's kind of where me and you kind of butted heads when we first started talking. Cause I, I was like, I just do not, I have a lot of trouble with Darwin. I don't even know if Darwin would believe in his own theory now if he was still alive kind of thing. I don't, I think there's a lot of holes in it. But what, what do you, what you give me, let me know what you think about it. I'm open to hear it, Bill. Like you were saying that you kind of, uh, you kind of believe it in a way, but not totally. So explain what you mean by that. Well, no, I fully believe in Darwinism, uh, but it, but it depends on which, which things he wrote about, how things are supposed to go. Uh, okay. As far as evolution of how life formed and evolved and began to go. Th- see, there are many, many, there's like, um, Jim Fetzer talks about, uh, 
that there are like eight or more types of evolution. Correct. Uh, theories and, or not just theories, but types of evolution. And they're all plausible for a lot of reasons, except, except, um, since eventually at some point, every culture is going to learn genetics and every culture someday will take the space travel. Someone will get the urge to uh, tamper with other life forms for good and bad reasons. And especially if they're corrupted, uh, people looking for slaves and uh, just genetic experiments. So I think it's going to happen. I think it did happen here. The evidence is there genetically. We, um, we, there is definite evidence that mankind's genes and chromosomes have been uh, tampered with in the past. So, so mm-hmm. uh, it, it's practically 100%. It's, I, I wouldn't say it's 100%. Uh, it, I think it, it probably is, to be honest. So we, we've, we've had someone on Earth or someone off Earth came here and tampered with us. Or think of this. Maybe we were not genetically even created on Earth at all. Maybe on Mars or far beyond. They tinkered with another animal or themselves on their planet or in a space station, created a slave or just tinkered around with maybe they wanted new body parts for free. Maybe they wanted spare livers for themselves, you know, but then then eventually somehow they put us here or they put themselves here and uh, with us and everything went to hell. And here we are. I mean. No matter how you look at it, it really looks very solid. We've been genetically tampered with. Right. I know. I agree, and, I, and that I totally agree. And when you start, and I know a lot of people. I've I've told I've talked to my friends sometimes about this, and I kind of they kind of get that glazed look. And I'm sure people that uh, talk about the things that we're talking about, when you try to bring it up to certain people, you lose them. Like they just they are not ready to hear stuff like that but I've done a lot of research on it and I and I I agree with you Billy I really do I do think that we've been tampered with and I think that if you start looking into the evidence and you start digging into it it's not as crazy as it sounds and it's something that kind of like and we were talking about that at one time too me and you about I was asking about all of it like I was really looking heavy for a while into Egypt and Anunnaki and stuff like that and it was that really got me interested and um to me that's the whole story when you start breaking the story down and and i'm not saying the story it's probably not 100 percent accurate or it may i'm very open to that's been misinterpreted in a certain way and it might not all be like as they say but it did resonate with me that it, it's very plausible that that could have happened and i know that a lot of people think that we were here and Anunnaki came down, they needed workers to uh, do work their gold mines, basically, because they, they needed gold. A lot of people say that they don't know why they needed the gold. Some say it was to fix, fix their atmosphere. You know, people go back and forth on why they wanted all this gold. But I could see, and then a lot of people believe that that's what happened, is they were genetically messing with us down here, and we're kind of like a hybrid of what was originally here and them what do you, and i'm sure you're going to say that you could possibly definitely see that being the case perhaps yeah you know why because first of all we did find um and people were perplexed about the large 
hats and then that some people notice like no it's not like just a hat on their head being real tall they're showing part of their sort of rounded pointed skull like a cone head sticking out the top of it and it's a tall hat to begin with it's like way beyond just using the old uh banding method to yeah cradle boarding that's what they blame it all on (laughs) right (laughs) it's all cradle boarding and i'm like uh no not when you look at the skull itself it's not all crater board cradle boarding by far right and and um no one would cradle board see here here's the thing nobody would cradle board there there aren't any reasons for it not that would never be natural unless they're trying to emulate or like copy trying to become something they're not to something that they're looking at that that's around them they want to be like you know and um so i do believe in the anunnaki stories like that and see see those stories those theories came way before what here's what we now know for sure we did find conclusively many tall large skulled cone head people we found them they're, they're they're real they're not fake right we found them so in other words we theorized it before we found them and we did actually find them they are real and they're not the typical human they're definitely a different genetic breed 100 percent i i totally agree and, and that's another thing too when you start digging into it is that you know they they have discovered giants uh giant you know giant bodies and when they are discovered it's just a coincidence you know of course that you know they come the, they come and scoop up the remains and you're never they're never heard from it you know you never hear about it again or it's all denied and as you were saying they now they you know there is skulls that you can look at and you, anyone can go on and start googling all this and looking at the skulls and the skulls you can definitely see the difference between the ones that were natural and the ones that were used you know cradle boarded to make them emulate what they were looking at or looking up to the gods whatever you want to call them you can put whatever name gods uh anunnaki whatever um and i just think that if you start looking at it with an open mind you're going to see that there's a definite difference in the skulls when you look at the two side by side kind of thing right and they were taller we found that we, we found a lot of things in like south america that are um Definitely, and I'm not saying eight foot tall. I'm saying under eight feet, even under right. seven feet. But we're talking definite taller people, and they were thin. They were almost like looking at normal Aborigines or of either Africa or different versions of the past in South America. Um, almost the same thing in a way. Tall, tall, skinny people living actual primitively, mining. Um, doing, having, showing some of their culture, but they definitely had tall cone heads, so they had bigger brains, a lot more gray matter, so percentage wise of, uh, the intelligent portion versus the parts that are only there to regulate the body, monitor and regulate the body. And, um, basically it comes down to this. Let's say that's where they started. That is the origin of them. Or a branch off, and that was where they were primitive. They were mining. Now, between South America and all the way up into North America, between you and me, Rick, uh, in New Hampshire and other places, mm-hmm. what were they mining? People talk about gold. Well, I'll tell you, I know for sure they were mining iron. And um, they, uh, like one example, and I always use the word cube, and 
just a small reason why I've used the word cube is um, because one one of the artifacts they found thousands of years old or whatever it was, was a solid metal iron cube in mines. And there's these mines occasionally scattered across everywhere hidden. Those are sort of openly hidden and some closed. And so that's what, so it's not just gold. So in other words, those same people like biblical times and beyond, they would have eventually advanced. Those are where we see the gold planes, the model, basic, the model planes from South America. That's where the cone heads were. They're high up in the Andes area kind of issues there too. There's structures underwater up there on top of the super high mountains that are also Romanesque and um, with the pillars we were talking about and statues we were talking about. So they mastered stone. So eventually that group probably sometime between then and Egyptian times, they did that genetic tampering. They finally reached science, real science times, however brief. They got to the point of tampering. They did what they're doing today with the needles, um, and they made themselves a little slave. And we heard the stories in the Bible said, I hate labor. I hate mining. I hate this. Oh, man, this sucks. Can you make us a slave? Well, I'll tell you one thing. One thing people don't talk about is there's always been birthing programs. There's always been hybridization programs, not necessarily genetic, although that was the beginning of understanding genetics. So they they would have got the idea. They had hybridization um, breeding. They had breeding programs. And eventually that definitely would have led to genetic uh, slave creating. Oh, for sure. And that's, that's the thing when I was doing a lot of the research and I was looking into this, I really, I really enjoy uh, researching a lot of different things. And I enjoy, like, as I was saying, talking to, to people and getting their points of view, because I think I, it's a good way. It's a good way that I learn and it, and it points me in directions that I would have never went on my own. So I really enjoy hearing a lot like your point of view and other points of view from other people. And, and I kind of think that that's how I, it's a good way to kind of get a lot of knowledge and kind of sort through stuff in that. And I, and I definitely, when I was looking at the Anunnaki and the history of the gold and slaves and all of that, it's just something that kind of resonated. It just, for me, it resonated that it makes sense and it, it just does with me and whether it's right or wrong or it's real or not. That's for anybody to decide. I'm I'm not saying either way. I'm just saying it resonated with me that it makes a lot of sense. It makes a hell of a lot more sense than the stories that I've been was told in school and and stuff like that. For me, it just kind of like I said, it resonated with me that I could see a race, a higher advanced race, and whether you want to call them aliens or they were already here from another dimension, name it. You, I'm I'll go with you on it. I'll meet you halfway and agree with you. And then, you know, them genetically, like we're genetically messing with animals and, and even humans uh, now. So why would I never, like, what, uh, definitely a more advanced race, I could see them doing that. And could I see them making slaves because they don't want to do the work and they don't want to work the mines. They don't want, they want to have servants, whatever. They want to be worshipped as gods. Of course I could see that. Uh, that does not, is not a big stretch for me because we're kind of doing that now in a, in a, a modern way we have workers as you were saying we have people and it's just 
So it's not a stretch for me at all that I could see that that is what happened to us. And like as I was saying, whether they came from space, they were, you know, interdimensional. Fine. Like I said, I'll meet you halfway there. So does right, does, right. It, does that story resonate with you? Like, can you yeah. like, I'm sure it does. Right. But do you like what about right. the whole gold? And because we don't really know the properties of gold totally yet. So. I've always been curious why they were after the gold. I know we'll never be able to answer that. Maybe it was for their atmosphere, but I kind of find it really curious why there was gold that they were after and probably other minerals, as you were saying. Oh, there's a lot of reasons, a real lot of reasons. And um, here's what it comes down to. They probably they probably became advanced enough to uh, to mine and create all kinds of other metals and then eventually – Iron, and that was a big one, and that's a huge one. Right. If you're able to work with iron, you're you're getting pretty high up there. You're halfway to a serious, or right, just about at a serious level civilization, and then beyond. Now, once they see, it's a lot easier to. Uh, I mean, it's a lot harder to work with iron, so they easily would have been able to um, work with gold, and gold looks a lot better. But mm-hmm. here's what it comes down to. Here's first of all. See, some of the stories are not only not only did they um, genetically create us to do the mining for them, but they actually put it in us or it was part of their own genomics to love, just love gold, just love the way it looks and yep. just, just enamored by it. Can't like we're religiously struck by it. Right. But, and I've always wondered is before. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'll forget this yeah. thought. I totally agree with you, and that's something I've always wondered from I from way back when I can remember. Why do we, do humans have this fascination with gold, and why do we put so much value on it? Like it's not something that in a survival, like in the old days, you know, when your survival was based on your food, where you lived, you know, it, it was like intrinsic value. Could you clothe yourself with it? Could you eat it? Could you hunt with it? Like, you know, it's, everything back in those days you had value because it kept you alive. But yet we're risking our lives going into a mine and mining gold and smelting gold, which is not an easy process, especially back then. So it's always wondered why humanity had this fascination with gold. And that's so I didn't mean to cut you off, but I wanted to say that because it is something I've always wondered. Right, right. It was basically silver and gold and copper. And uh, of course, brass is just about the same as gold but um but see here here's part of my theory here's what might have happened i mean who knows which one came first right but um let's say they began to find everything else they had to dig things they used to dig these massive uh wells kind of a like a spiral well to get water deep down when it was uh during dry times and that would be like a beginning of a, a mining process and just building things out of stone they would have eventually found uh new minerals jewels and eventually gold or and with gold often comes uh quartz let's say they wanted the quartz and gold was often with it and they really liked how it glistened and uh eventually found how it vibrated and stuff but let's say let's say iron came first let's say in the process they figured out iron but they found out one problem Iron, steel, etc., rusts, and uh, when it gets wet, and um, so they wanted to protect it. And wood rots, and they wanted right. to protect their wood, their their mm-hmm. some of their homes and and their carvings or whatever. 
and they found gold is in you know it's you can you can it's almost impossible to corrode to chemically interact with to to rot it doesn't rot it protects windowsills they found they could use it for everything to protect things right. kind of preserve and it was like easy to melt and mold and like it looked great and it and it looked like the sun so it's like from god it's like it is god like a gift from god and um so and some, which is what's kind of cool is too is in some of the research i saw and I, whether or not this is true either that they were found a way to like almost eat it in a in a they could change it into like a uh, like they would make like from what I researched and it sounds crazy. I know if you had never heard this, but they found a way that they could actually ingest gold and make like a, like a, a mon or something they called it. I can't remember the exact name Yep. and they would actually, there's properties of gold that we don't even know to this day. So they were actually using it to eat and survive on. Like it's really crazy when you start digging into the origins of gold and especially when you go back to that time. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, like basically mana. It was basically the mana. That's it, mana. Thank you. Mana, you're right. Right. And it was um, Ormus white gold powder. Basically, um, it, it depends on what kind of gold, like some people might be allergic to or not. But um, generally, gold was non-toxic. If you're not allergic to it, it was also non-toxic. You could eat it. It would come right through you, but but it would you would still get it back. You know, you could hide it that way, too. If you're trying to smuggle it that's or whatever. True. Yeah, that's true. Yep. <laughs> and uh, it, it wouldn't poison you. They knew it was non-toxic. So let's say, but let's say they first wanted it to to wrap, like sort of foil wrap or coat all their iron stuff. And it would it, that's it. It would stay hard, solid as steel, and, and never rust. So they probably thought that was pretty cool. And then there's wire, gold wire properties that are odd. And that also interact with iron might even produce anti-gravity. And then what did we find in the same area we're talking about? We're talking about the area of the gold planes we found. What would they do to wooden planes that they didn't want to rot? They'd coat them in a thin, thin, super thin layer of gold. And it'd be waterproof and they wouldn't rot. And uh, they'd look awesome. And we That's find true. Gold mines. We've yeah. got gold, you know. No, I definitely see it. But I, uh, looking at the time here, we're getting close to break time here, Will. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and we're going to take a break here. We are here with Argon and Dreamer, Bill Grant. And we will be back in a few minutes.
I go home, people ask me, hey, who? Why do you do it, man? Why? Some kind of war junkie? I won't say a goddamn word. Why? They won't understand. They won't understand why we do it. They won't understand it's about the men next to you. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, number one listener-supported radio, the printing press for freedom at a time when freedom is needed the most. I am Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts to be an underground law school. I am not an attorney, and I do not give legal advice. I teach. That's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, Studio A. My forte? Foreclosure and contract law. Grab your legal pad and pen. Learn a broad spectrum of law spanning administrative, criminal, family, tort, and federal law. Fools and losers cling to old cases. I dissect and comment on the latest rulings that control the courts. Don't be a loser. And if you don't appear, you will be held in contempt. I will defend myself against their tyranny. Number three is my radio broadcast. I'm squarely in front of the public all the time, and they all know what's going on. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolith and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on for expanding its sphere of influence. Hello, my name is John Wayne. And I do a broadcast here at freedomslips.com, revolution.radio, called The Unequivocal Truth, DEFCON 1. Freedom and are at war. And folks, I assure you, we are in Defense Condition 1, Mission 1, as we journey perilously through this paradigm that we currently reside in. And I ask that you join me every Saturday, 8 to 10 p.m., Eastern Standard Time for the unequivocal truth. Death Prom 1. The original machine had a base plate of prefamulated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two swerving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fan. The lineup consisted simply of six hydrocoptic marzal veins, so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side fumbling was effectively prevented. The main winding was of the normal Lotus O deltoid type placed in panendermic semi-boloid slots of the stator, every seventh conductor being connected by a non-reversible tremie pipe to the differential girdle spring on the up end of the grand meters. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio, taking the confusion out of transmutated lunar girdle springs for four years and running. Revolution Radio, the number one listener-supported alternative media radio on the planet. All right, 
Thanks for listening while we take that short break here at Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com. And now we're going to get back to your host. Well, welcome back, everybody. I hope you guys all had a great break. I know I did. Had to get up, stretch a little, and uh, it just felt good to get up and stretch a little. So just to remind everybody that here at Revolution Radio, it is listener-supported, so we need your guys' help. If you guys can spare anything, please head up to the donation part. It'll walk you right through it. Make a donation if you can, because... I always say it, and I'll keep repeating it. It's you guys that make this all work, and all the help you guys can uh, uh, do helps us, you know, to to keep this going, to keep uh, amazing hosts that provide great content. You know, show is pretty much 24-7. So definitely, if you can, any little bit helps, and we'll just keep this show going because it's an amazing uh, place to be, and I've learned so much from a lot of great hosts. So, and... One of the great hosts is my guest here, Raider. Right we got the dreamer, Bill Grant, with us. So how was your break there, Bill? Uh, just enough time. Actually, I was able to get in uh, I was able to get in chat. Um I just popped it up. So um Oh cool. Yeah, I gotta do that next time. I always forget to get into the chat. I gotta do that next show. And to let everyone know, I am hoping by next week to have a number for people to call in. I would think that would be very cool to do once in a while and let people uh call in to give their opinion on what we're talking about uh if they have any cool stories you know if they want like i'm really like the paranormal aspect of things uh you know if you want to talk about any experiences you've had or and things along that lines that would be great if you want to comment on the topics that i'm discussing or have discussed that would be great too so i think that'll be really cool i hope to have that going by next week yeah it looks like uh fleestein Said something like, um, let me see, I'll read it here. Don't know human, uh, something, uh, humans are messing with RNA and DNA now on us like guinea pigs. So the blueprint for sure. For genetic, yeah. For genetic. 100%. Yep. Yeah, and then I, Greg, hey there, Greg, uh, thank you for the, uh, that thing. And, uh, gold, uh, gold powdered, uh, Fleestein also did hear about the white powdered gold. And the manna, he was talking about that in Old Testament, Hebrews and more. Very cool. And, so, yeah, see, it's out there. Once you start digging in there a little bit and start getting in there, and it, but the hard part is, as I keep telling people, is you got to kind of, like, people kind of go off crazy and go on to these rabbit holes. And you got, I had, I have to be careful. I can only speak for myself. I have to be careful that I don't start uh going into a really crazy direction i'm willing to look at everything i kind of like uh mean you discussed that and i don't you're a lot of this you're basically the same way from what i understand is that you're willing to entertain pretty much any idea and look at it a little bit but you also have to know when to pull back and know that it's you know nothing that's going to be it's nothing that's proper or they're definitely going off into a weird rabbit hole that does happen Right, right. Like some things are just, um, even if they're real, I say don't believe in it, don't fall for it as real. Say, I, I, that does look plausible and I, that would be cool if it was. And hopefully there'll be even more evidence for that. But don't be like, oh, uh, the, the world is full of magical beings with butterfly wings and twin, 20 feet wide. And like, uh, ob it's obvious because they knew how to dig gold. Right, yeah, and that's the thing about that's the, that's one of the bad parts of the internet that I was trying to explain that you can find you can have the craziest thoughts in your head, and you, will, you if you search hard enough on the internet, you will find 
people that will back you 100% on your crazy thoughts. And there's probably a group about it, videos about it, which is, you know, so it's, you got to kind of wade through the waters and, and, uh, take some precautions to make sure that you know you're going in a good direction in a direction that's beneficial for whatever you're researching and that's kind of the bad side of the internet that i find is that you can find you will find somebody that'll agree with any craziness that you put out there there will be somebody that'll back you on it and support it so that's one of the bad things about the internet to me right right and of course you have the paid shills paid liars paid fantasies. correct you know get this whole culture destroying issue going on to uh oh for sure yeah yeah and that's that's what scares me a lot too and has actually kept me up at night when i think about it is and i and that's why this topic is so i'm very passionate about that is that like how much have they messed with our past that we don't have any idea and we think what we think is true is it could be nothing close to the truth and a lot of the stuff that i learned in school as i was saying in the first hour i was always in trouble in school and not because i was acting up and being a a brat or anything like that it was simply for asking questions and questioning what the teacher was telling me or as in the case when i was going to to i was at a i was in a catholic public school uh so you know we had to go to mass and we had uh religion class and stuff and i would ask questions that I had trouble with in the Bible. And I mean, you want to see a priest lose his mind, start questioning uh, the Bible and you will be in the office very quickly as I was. And uh, I just found that it was really weird that I, I never understood why if you question things, why people get so, so upset at a young age, I didn't realize. And then as you get older, you realize why they do get upset. It's because, you know, you're threatening their livelihood they're, you're threatening their tenor, all of that stuff. Like this is something that, you know, when they start putting that much uh, research and time and money into a chosen profession, they don't want to be questioned on it and told that it's crap and not true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they invested their whole life in it. And, right. um, and they might actually be um, a rapist or a pedophile anyway. They might have be repressive or repressed. Um, mentally had a weird, you know, growing up issue. Um, but, um, exactly. And plus they just feel like that's evil. Like how, how, how could anyone dare ask question Jesus or God or the Bible? Like they just illogically get super, um, super angry, but something just happened with the chat. You know, I was hoping, uh, we could get Mr. Rowan, on. Of course, I'll look for him in chat. I don't see him there. For sure. And, yeah, uh, if you do, by all means, I, I would love to let him join in. And that's why I'm hoping to have that number set. I will have the number set up for next week. So just to let people in chat know that it will be cool. And in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be having my friend um, Paul from BitSwift on. He uh, knows tons about cryptocurrency. Uh, and I'm going to have him on in a couple of weeks. I think that will be February 7th, if I'm correct. That is a Monday, I think. And he's kind of really busy. So getting him on even for in a, in a, for that day for a couple hours took me a lot of basically begging to get him on here because he is really busy. So that will be a great show where we're breaking down. I'm going to get him to break down cryptocurrency right from its origins and kind of walk people through uh all the terminology in that because I found and we and you, Bill, have actually kind of we were last night we were kind of talking about cryptocurrency, which is kind of weird how we branched off into that. And 
it definitely it's a really intimidating at first the terminology i i had a lot of trouble understanding anything about cryptocurrency i just did not get it i was like okay how do you buy it where does it come from and all of this so i i'm glad that i met paul and he's going to be on like i said on the 7th of next month and he's going to be breaking down cryptocurrency right from the start so i hope everybody joins in if you want to learn about cryptocurrency and even if you know a lot about cryptocurrency i'm sure he's going to be able to answer any questions you have or you know you might learn something that you didn't know right and you know he he might even know mr Rowe. mr Rowe has been uh really talking about uh bitcoin in particular and and all of them really um for many years here and uh has interviewed people like him if not him uh, maybe all. yeah maybe and hey, Greg said butterfly wings rule. By the way, well, yeah, okay, well, I'll I'll go with that. Butterfly wings rule. Yeah, I like tattooing yeah. them. So <laughs> I love tattooing. <laughs> I love doing butterflies in that for uh, for a tattoo. They're it's a uh, very colorful, and I enjoy doing them. For some reason, I find flowers and butterflies really cool to tattoo, and you can get really creative with them. So I'll go with it. Butterfly wings rule, Greg. All right, I got it. I'm with you. <laughs> But yeah, I, what, when we were talking last night about the cryptocurrency, we didn't get into it because it was near the end of our conversation. But what are your thoughts, Bill, on cryptocurrency? I'm really curious. Like, do you see the point? Do you see the the? Do you think it's a valid way to go? Does it scare you? Do you think it's already contaminated by government? Give me your whole thoughts on what you think of cryptocurrency from what as you understand it now. I, I think it's already contaminated by government, and here's why. Um, what I what I keep occasionally saying is, see, as a child, I wanted the entire future to be like a futurist dream, technocratic mostly in many ways. And um, yeah, I love science. I love efficiency, practicality. I like making life easier, but yet exciting and fun, the scientific way. And I wanted everything to flow, super futuristic, oh, all the good qualities about digital currency and get rid of the old primitive ways and all that stuff. But um, but no, we have such an intensely, and I mean intensely, psychotic, psychopathic rulership. They're so, so over-controlling and so on the top and so already in control of everything what it comes down to is this. They've mastered money. So you have groups called the Money Masters and things like that, things connected to like Jekyll Island, the Federal Reserve, and the World Banks that right. all of our countries, you know, all of our countries are tied to. Well, they didn't master it, Bill. They created it. I mean, they beyond, created yeah, it. they created it. Never mind master it. Right. They created it. They guided it. And um, they fostered it. What all, all the people who promote it um the right way they foster all the ones who promote it or demote it or or want to break away with their own version and the free version uh they're shot down or just just played down you know and um basically it comes down to this uh they definitely wanted some group like a bitcoin to come out and be like super loved they would want that. It's not like we're like – I see all the good points in it. Mr. Rowe puts a great a, – a whole bunch of great reasons why we should go with Bitcoin. On the other hand, it comes down to that. This is what I figured out and kind of knew because I know the brotherhoods. I knew the future plans. The future plans was to have perfect, stable money, and what they meant was completely controllable money. And um, like a new form of money, uh, the ancient ways – 
and the masters who mastered money. See, their religion, their actual religion, the religion I was part of is to master money because it's karmic. It's karmic and, and soul energy. It's actually loose. Right. So that's and that is one of the uh, that's one of the biggest religions in the world, uh, Bill. And, and people don't even realize that they and when you call money a religion, they kind of look at you funny. But it is. It's probably the biggest religion in the world that people worship is yeah. is money. I it's worldwide and everybody a lot. I, mean, I shouldn't blanket statement say everybody worships money. That's but great many people that is their god is money. It's just that's just the fact. And whether that hurts people's feelings or not. So be it, but it's the truth. Exactly, and and I mean it literally. Again, uh, it's literally their religion. It comes down right. to money. Money is soul power. It's willpower. It's loose. It's um. It's karmic credits. It's spirit, mind, consciousness credits. You can't live without some kind of form or representation of money. And um, everything we do, we're giving so many life units, and this is what it translates down to it, and in, in it manifests in our world as money. And um, when we're born or created, we have so many life units, and we have to spend them. We have to use them, whether it's physically in sports or or using things mentally to come up with new science, but we spend them, and, and our time going by is spending credits. And uh, stealing causes negative, and giving causes positive credits, at least to come back to you in the future. But it always comes down to uh, how how much money or how much valuable things you can a- acquire during your life as well. So <clears throat> what you're able to accomplish and do and how much energy you have to spend, even physically and like – Let's say you're a karate expert, and that's kind of a bad terminology, but you're literally using energy to uh, massive amounts of energy. It all comes down to money either way, exact units, and you have to master it, and that's their religion. And if they can get money from you, it means they took some of your soul energy from you and that they will live and you will die. So money equals life. And water is life is the old saying, but money is water and water is life. And when you liquidize money, you know, it has the whole, the whole terminology with Jordan Maxwell and liquidize, you know, liquidating terminology in Wall Street and the whole bit. But I mean, I'm rambling. Sorry. No, not at all. I, I'm definitely, I love listening. Like I said, I love listening to it because you make me think. And that's what I love. I love that people that make me think. And question things. And I totally agree. Now, to bring it back, this is a great way to bring it back to what we left off with before the break about the Anunnaki and the gold and stuff like that. Do you think that that and I I can tell you my point of view, I do think that this is where our love for possessions and stuff like that. I think it stems from that time period with the Anunnaki and and whatever, you know, that culture. I think that is where we put like for some reason, because they worship gold and possessions and stuff like that, then we just followed suit because if they think it's valuable, then we must, it's got to be valuable to us. Even though it's not, doesn't have any uh, transit value at all, we still want it because they wanted it and it was valuable to them. Do you think that that is where this whole love for money and uh, wealth and stuff, do you think that's where it started, got its origins from around that time? Or do you think it maybe went, it came even before that? 
Well, I, I think it came from before that, but they really focused on it and they turned it into a religion for their little creations because, and, and I want to stress something. It, it does not mean if they hybridize themselves, people who, you know, you know, if you talk about creation and the creation of the universe or the original creators of the Anunnaki or, or the soul, Remember, I'm not talking about whether or not the soul was or was not created by them. Like, if you believe in God, you should definitely say God still created our soul, not necessarily. Like, even if they made humans genetically, that mm-hmm. does not mean they made our actual soul. You know what I mean? Agreed. Agreed. So I, I wanted to bring that up. But um, so people can still believe a lot. There's still room for many other spiritual beliefs if you don't believe in genetic creations or even if you do and it comes down to this see the indians may have come from south america where the anunnaki probably stemmed from if not antarctica so from antarctica to south america and then all the way up and down the western particularly the western coast maybe uh with all the various indians of which they say they came out of a cave after a great cataclysm and that they were created by large-headed people and or the ant people, either or. And um comes down to this. The Indians went all around the world, and it turns out that the pharaohs, of which used to have those reed boats, used to come and go to and from, where else but Mexico, where those pyramids are, and South America for sure, absolutely certain. Right. So what were the pharaohs? The pharaohs were a combination of some white race and Indian. They were Indian. They had the hooked nose. We have the same kind of blood. I do personally. And um, in other words, so it could have gone, Let's. I mean, this is just one theory, just one. Could have went from Anunnaki down in South America. They did the mining. They created the the worker. They developed the airplanes, coated them with, uh, they could have been, maybe they were steel planes. They could have been wood, they could have been steel, but they coated them. Let's say they coated them with the gold. They wanted, uh, us to really want gold, so they made us like really love gold by that time and turned it into money and let us have some after it was refined. Let's say, let's say the workers mined the gold and they just mined it and then it was shipped on to the to the other group, and they're the ones who refined it, right? And somebody in the end turned it into coins and gave the coins some of it, just a few, you know, fragments of it. Mm-hmm. So a little bit back in final, nice, beautiful form, back to the original slave. So that may have really kicked in what we consider money today, right? Since then. Right. And so they didn't know how good it, they, they kept mining it because when they got it back in a nice form, instead of it think it made them not think about it in terms of look, I just dug like ten tons of this stuff and you gave me back a little uh, one inch disc of it, big freaking deal. I just dug, <laughs> I could I could have just dug out all of that for myself. But if you separate the refiners from the miners, <clears throat> now you've created class separation, and now you've created a, a way to pay them back next to nothing for doing all the work and make them think that you, you're like, oh, this is awesome. Wow, shiny. This is really great. Yep. This, 
you know, so they turned it into a magical thing. They turned it into like a God thing, like the gods are incredible. And then they said, it's uh, it is magical. I just blessed it. You know, I just put the holy water over it. Um, you know, we shined it in the moonlight and um, and I said my prayer and we gave you a gift. So now you can wear it on your neck. Now yep. you got a necklace. Right. And I I can see that, too. It does not that does not. It definitely is something I can see. And it's something that I've always thought I've always thought that that's where our kind of our love for. I always wondered where our love for this, this mineral and and not just gold. I mean, silver, as you were saying, silver, uh, like any gemstones and stuff like that. I just wondered always, like, why do humans put so much value into them and i've never been that way which is kind of weird i've never like i've never been somebody that has to have tons of gold on me and has to have gold rings and chains i've never seen to me i just don't it doesn't mean anything to me i mean it's just it's just gold i mean but i i can't do anything with it it looks good i'll give you that it does look good but i just think that i definitely can see how the monetary system stemmed from there and then you know the dark whether you want to call them dark uh dark psychologists or the secret societies that were formed from that time with the hidden knowledge and stuff like that. I think it's a great control mechanism that they set up back then and kind of like kept going up to where we are now for this love of money that people have. And unfortunately what sucks is that we do need money. I mean, I'm not putting, I need money. You need money. Everybody needs money to live, but it's definitely a religion that is, got everybody in the world imprisoned it's a it's an ingenious when you look at it from their side it's the perfect weapon kind of thing right right and uh and you know it's like then it comes down to its probable real magic abilities and then with the ormus powder gold somebody figured out maybe they figured it out by the time it got to atlantis or or Egypt, or maybe even a little after, for all we know, but um, during biblical times and so on, and uh, they were refining it even further, right, and turning it into the powder they could eat, which was good for them. And sometimes I think that's actually a misleading. It, we do know white powder or miss gold is real, does have odd effects. So on the one hand, it sounds entirely plausible about they were making manna cake. They were making yep. bread. So when they refer to bread in the Bible and at church, it's literally absolutely coming from those ancient stories to do with gold. They were eating gold. Agreed. And was, yeah. And no doubt here, here's definite evidence. One thing's for sure is, um, around the pyramids, I'm not exact. I believe it's like the pyramids at Giza in particular. Um, maybe not, but just one of the many pyramids we know for sure um, in around Egypt or the Middle East. Either way, um, there was a lot of gold, like in the sands and certain areas in particular. And um, basically, they kind of um, turned it into part of their culture to regularly bake these giant cone again cone shaped uh I, I i don't know how big they were i'm not sure if they were up to six feet tall or if they were only like three to four or five feet tall but they were like really big in many cases at least and it would be part of the cult the people who were doing the stonework 
and working around the pyramids and um, building the temples and stuff, they um, they used to sleep on stone in rows, but they would also constantly bake the bread, and the bread, they definitely put gold in it. Whether that was Ormus or not, pre let's say pre-Ormus times, it's been proven they used to bake regular gold flakes, the flakes and the little sand grains of gold they would gather in the sands or out of the mines under the sands, and they would definitely bake that in. Now, that's a fact. They'd bake right. that into the bread, and they'd eat it, and that is the origin of those stories and how Jesus had the Last Supper is most likely the bread they were having was part of their culture because the wood craftsmen like um, like uh, uh, Joseph or whatever is sort of stepdad, you could say, um, you know, it, see him being a craftsman, he wasn't out of he was not working with wood. The actual real word meant gold, a gold crafter. And that okay. meant he, he baked, he baked and made, he worked with gold and he worked with Ormus gold and he actually was technically rich. Their family was technically rich. There's indications of that. And the last supper was probably them having that cultural inner sanctum kind of, uh, uh, secret insider, um, part of their religion uh to have the gold bread and it led all the way to today with that little disc that little disc of bread yep that you're given at the church yep yeah no i yeah i can see it and no yeah and that's that's yeah you're right too and that that is something and that's the thing about gold that i find kind of interesting too and they do treat like even now they're using gold in medical like i remember because i the arthritis i have when i was younger they were shooting me. They were giving me gold injections. Like people have arthritis, and they might use it now for different things. I haven't looked into it for a lot of years, but they are using gold in treatment, like for you know treating. Like they were for certain arthritis and that you could get gold injections and stuff like that. So I mean, I definitely think that there's a lot of properties about gold that we don't still understand now, and uh what it could help in the future. Who knows? I mean, it's to me, it's a very, it's an amazing. Uh, metal i just i think that it's i just don't understand the fascination with it from the point of everybody wants it kind of thing i well i know where it comes from like we were discussing i think where it comes from but i definitely don't think we've even like like found out nearly what we could use it for or and like you were saying it's great for uh, electricity amazing for that that's why they use a lot of it on, on on laptops and computer parts and stuff like that it's got a lot of different properties so it's a really amazing it's an amazing metal when you think about it. It really is. Right. And see, we're not sure, but it seems well, actually one of my my stories of a, a secret insider story that I've told over the years is that the main pyramid under the ocean found by our NSA, well, NSA related people was um the main pyramid, the capital pyramid was solid gold. And um, wow. so they either coated it entirely with gold. And before that was told to me, there was many rumors of, um, you know, we, we've heard the rumors that the capstones, some of the main, not all of them, the main capstones on pyramids right. were were gold and or they had plated them with gold. And right. Then they made yeah, I've heard that. Like, yeah. 
like big gold emblems on the middle, like up up down the middle, maybe even striped, you know. But well, that's the, the one way, thing I found really interesting when we were talking was that when you start looking into all the pyramids around the world, like a lot of people, I think that when you talk about pyramids, they think, of course, Egypt. That's everybody thinks of that. And then I knew that there was pyramids in Mexico, but me and you were talking last night and you were telling me about like a black pyramid and all these other pyramids. And I'm like, whoa, like they're, and then now they're finding apparently pyramids in Antarctica. Like, so the pyramid building was going on all over the place. Do you want to talk about that? And kind of the, uh, that you wanted me to remind you of the doorways. So I know that that'll trigger what you want to talk about kind of thing. Oh yeah. It kind of leads into what, uh, exactly. I, yeah. That's why I want to bring that up. Right, because, but but to get to the doorways, see, to go back to the Anunnaki cone heads and spreading up as Indians up and down the coast of South and North America, eventually to Egypt, becoming partly or mixed in with the pharaohs, um, the same doorways in the capitals, the same construction we were talking about when we started with um you know, like Tartaria and the ancient earth, the whole global connection. Right. Yep. Yep. They definitely stayed connected by boats at the very least. And no doubt. And, uh, and I believe the rulers actually originally flew around the world in actual regular airplanes, but eventually led to UFOs or something. And it comes down to that style. They're all connected to South America, North America, our current capitals, Romans, Greeks, and and Egypt and more, all have what in common? They all have the doorway issue in common. So it's not just pyramids and monoliths, and it's not just those those um, those uh, pot uh, um, what do you call them? The the, the tubes, or the uh, the pylon things. Um, what the hell is the word? The the uh, I'm thinking you know, obelisk, but I know that's not what you mean. I'm not sure. I'm right. not sure. I never forget what it is. Now people are outside, though. It's kind of distracting me too. I'm kind of <laughs> just wondering if we're on the way to knock on the door. But um, but but basically, um, over the doorways of the Capitol, yo, what do you, what do you, what do you call those? Um, uh, I can't think of it now. It threw me off. Basically, there's they have the same. It'll, it'll come. It'll come to you. Just keep going. It'll yeah. come to you. But they have the same structure doorways. They have like a set of three doorways and sometimes it's a little different. It's always the same, like the main door in the middle and the two side doors and the, the same front stairway and the, um, the pylon things. Oh, damn, I can't. Pillars? I, oh, the columns. And, columns. Okay. Yeah, the there pillars, you go. There you the go. Columns. Pillars. Okay. Yep. And they have the triangle shape over the top and, uh, the door, those, have been copied ad nauseum across the entire damn planet, everywhere, yep. everywhere, from India, China, Japan, uh, Indonesia, prob- I think Malaysia, and um, everywhere on Earth, everywhere. So they're basically there. That's like always where the rulers rule from. That's like the capital. So we've always tried to have the ancient Atlantis central government capital building to rule everyone around from like being the center of government and the center of civilization or the hidden ruling section and on the top of pyramids yet sometimes have exactly the same thing so but in egypt all the 
all the Roman architecture definitely stemmed from Egypt. And those pillars and columns definitely come from Egypt. And they represent trees. They represent the Garden of Eden. And they represent before the Garden of Eden. And when they talk about Atlantis, one of the places Atlantis occupied at least or came from might have been something like Madagascar or some of the islands above that uh, where they have those giant certain type of trees. And there's there's various trees they may have represented, and it still has to do with paradise and, again, biblical stories. But it still comes from Egypt, and and pillars represent the trees of Eden for sure and paradise and um i forgot what else i was going to say but uh that's that's really interesting uh, yeah you never told me that before that i'm just really i'm thinking about it as you're saying it that is really interesting i uh and i and i totally agree that's what i was kind of saying at the beginning of the show that when you start looking at the architecture around the world it, it when you really start digging into it and looking at it and you know that these countries weren't even in contact with the, with each other it's really shocking how the buildings all look the same. And it's like, as you were saying, it's like in America, Japan, all over the world, you name it, all of these buildings were looking the same. And I was like, this is weird. Like, why? How, if they're not in communication with each other, how are they building the same things? So there has, there had to be a universal, uh, group of people. Like we, I, I really do believe that one time we were all kind of, as one and then i think whether it was this cataclysm or what you a war you want whatever you want to put there i I don't know what to put there but something major happened and divided us and i think i think at one time i really do believe at one time we all had a, a common language i think we were all kind of like together and on the same page and then i think something happened whether it was by design or it was just natural which i'm totally acceptable that if it could be natural and divided us and then now we're kind of like like i said it goes back to we lost our origins we're kind of like flailing in the wind i feel and we don't really know where we came from we're in, so if it's it's really gets kind of uh deep when you start looking at it right right and people need to um see i used to study sometimes on occasion you know the origins of man and the pathways we all took and if you right study, me too uh, yeah, you know, if you study the pathways, how we all mixed and met and how we learned from each other, you can trace it all back. There are ways to trace it all back to, like they say, Africa and or South America, possibly Antarctica. And, uh, well, we'll get to those pyramids you uh, asked about, too. In a, in yeah, a that was. Yeah, that's great. That's a really cool topic. Right. But if you look up linguistics and um, what is it? It's not just linguistics linguistics it's um basically if you follow um just just to simply just to explain what that what i mean either way is if you follow language and how language evolved and where it came from that is the most important way to trace all cultures and where they came from and when and and they've showed pretty accurately all of the mixing of who mixed with who when and where and how in so many ways it's so telling. It's so important. And um, but um, by the way, just to bring up chat again, we have uh, a lot of comments. I'm probably skipping a lot of them. But um, basically, there's um, 
like there was there was like a for and against there's a bunch of gold stuff and uh uh where was it like we have um I definitely got to get my chat up next show and that I'll have the phone line up which will be great I as uh Bill's checking up the chat right now just want to remind everybody I will have my phone line up next week and give that number out and I really do want to hear from people let me know what you think uh, about what we're talking about or the subject, you know, whatever my guest is on, what we're talking about the next week. Definitely, I would like to hear from you people. Like, I want to hear from people in the chat, and I want to hear their stories and stuff like that on the paranormal, what they think about what we're talking about today, because I do think that deep down it resonates with a lot of people that I think – I don't think there's too many people that would disagree with that. We're be, Like, our past has been definitely tampered with – and we have been like they're covering stuff up and not letting us find out who we where we truly came from and who we truly are. Yeah, definitely. But from blessing, let's see, blessing in chat. We have a lot of uh I chat is actually great. I mean I wish I was able to get into it a lot more. Uh we have a lot of chatters from many years ago still with us too. Very and, cool. Um, so blessing um let's see, gold or stainless steel is all Bryce can wear on on uh, his or her fingers and silver or stainless steel and uh, a few other things and then um, uh, let's see if someone gave me now blessing says if someone gave me a gold ring I would wear it of course and why do we like gold and and then it's like yeah. and then it's like um, there was and I and I agree like if if somebody gave me like a gold ring or something and my wedding band is gold and stuff so yeah I definitely I'm not saying I don't like gold i just uh of course i would wear it if i you know and i've had gold chains in the past and stuff like that but i just i mean if i get it as a gift or something like that i would definitely wear it i i never went out and bought gold for myself like and let well i should let me correct that not like jewelry wise and stuff like that now do i have gold uh put away you know kind of like in an emergency and stuff like that of course i kind of line that up with like buying gold silver investing in cryptocurrency and that so yeah i kind of buy it that way but i've never bought like jewelry and stuff like that i've just not something i've done but i definitely get why people gold's amazing i mean i if you like gold all the power to you yeah i i like gold but i never i i never tried to get it I, i'm the same way as you for the i never made any real attempts to never clamored to have gold necklaces right, I, right. I, I like it a lot but like i'd much rather have what I want otherwise over spending that much money for a little object. I'd rather just have brass or copper, you yeah. know, like uh something like that. But you know but they uh, were Yeah, another they're another that's another great metal is copper. Like copper is really cool for a lot of things. Like when you start looking at the properties of copper and and brass and that it's, it's a lot of it's it's really interesting when you start looking into it. Right. And then poof in here. Um Poof said, that's the Poof. name of uh, the person here, Poof, <laughs> says, of course, it's a very good conductor. And then Fleestein said, uh, gold is an outstanding conductor for both heat and electricity. Yes. And added that it's the best output transistor th thermal pastes. Um, I'm reading it kind of fast and a little messed up. But uh, they get very hot, have gold or silver particles in them. And then there was other things I missed we can go back to later, but I know you want to get to uh, probably some free energy stuff to do with the past. I do, yes, yes. I, that, that's how we first started talking was I when I met you on a different – on uh, Greg from Anandas uh, Jr.'s 
panel when he, we were talking about gray state stuff and that that's how i met you and then the first conversation we had was definitely about free energy because that is something i'm very fascinated in and i drive you crazy asking you questions pretty much daily about it so yeah no, I, what cool. It, cool. yeah but what do you think bill i i've always like a lot of people ask me like why is there no free energy like why is it not here yet why is you know why are we still paying for hydro and all of this kind of stuff and and my belief is the reason we don't have free energy is quite simple the the powers to be the elite don't want us to have it because they're their whole monopolies on gas oil you know all that kind of stuff and the the fake scarcity of it i think to make people you know need it so i mean you're never going to get as long as you have people in as long as you have government in general and you have people regulating and making laws that they have no right being or any authority to make in natural law sense, we're never going to have free energy. They're never going to let that come out because they're making a killing money-wise charging people for stuff. What do you think? Give me your thoughts on it. Well, it, it's it's much worse than that. The The reason they need the money is to use to kill us. So um, they uh, they see – if we have free energy, we'll be, first of all, completely uncontrollable. And uh, we'll definitely – we have the numbers, at least by a certain time anyway. Before they had all the super high technology and super weapons and mastered the mind control, um, energy and things that we need was the best way to uh, control us, like food, water, and clothing and uh a place to live, uh, land, and, and money. So I agree. Um, I agree. And basically, they knew that we would outdo them. We would outgrow them and outdo them. And being free and having our time untied up, we would find our past and find out who did to us what they did. And we would kill them. We would just outright kill them. We would just finally outdo them. If we found out what the past really was, and um, Right. So, and, that, and just to add in there, uh, Bill, before you continue, that uh, what I was uh, watching last night was a lot of the documentary that I was watching was saying that they do – and you probably saw a bit of this in, when you were watching the parts I sent you – that a lot of people believe that back in our ancient – in our you know not-so-ancient past that we did already have free energy, that a lot of these uh, civilizations did have free energy, and it was it was already established. It was going on, and then after this cataclysm – when the elites, you know, took over, they hid this free energy and they have it, but they don't want us to have it. So I just wanted to add that in that it was covered in that documentary that we were watching. Yeah, it was. And actually, let me get back to you about that in a minute. Uh, it's like okay. people are coming. They're probably about to knock and I'll be right back. Not a problem. So we will wait for Bill to get back. But yeah, definitely. I I tell you guys, this is a fascinating uh topic to me and i do i really do i drive poor bill crazy asking questions about free energy all the time because i just i'm i'm like you guys i think a lot of us i wonder like i know we i definitely believe we have free energy i i know we do that if they wanted to and humanity put their mind to it we could change so much uh in the world that's wrong if people would just unite together and stop fighting and we have to fight to the people that are stopping us from moving forward and to me that's always been government i think that government should be abolished and i'm not saying that everybody in government is is bad from the top like from the bottom up i don't believe that 
I just think that gov- there's no legitimacy. Legitimacy. Wow, that's a tongue twister <laughs> uh, for government. And I just think that you know, look what government did with this whole COVID thing. They made a mess out of it. I mean, nobody's on the same page, state to state, country to country. Everything's like you know, we're still clamped down here where I am. Like it's getting better. They're starting to loosen up a bit with the restrictions and all of that. But I definitely think that. Um, the reason they're starting to let up, and I hope I'm wrong with this, and I wanted to say this before I let Bill finish his uh, thought, is that I think that they're letting – I think you're going to see them lightening up on the COVID because of this whole thing going on in Ukraine and that Russia thing. And, you know, I think they're going to start really focusing on that, possible war. They're already talking about that. So I think that's where you're going to see all the fake media and that hone right in on and I think you're going to see COVID kind of die off to the side for a while. Now, whether it's going to come back, I'm sure it will. They're going to always have that ace in their hand to throw down on us, lock us down if we get a little uh, out of hand or they want to just throw some authority at us. But I think it's going to waver a little bit. And I think it's because of what's going on over there. I think that they're going to, that's where they're going to focus their energy for a while. I could be wrong, but that's just my thought. So are you back with me there, Will? It looks like you're back there, Bill. Yep. Perfect. So yes, can yeah, continue your thought there with the free energy, so we can wrap up the show uh, with your thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean it kind of ties into pyramids too. Um, you know, because you asked me about the pyramids around. The I world did. And, yes. Uh, yeah, they're definitely pyramids in in um, first of all under the ocean, across the ocean, and uh, many many places, but definitely Antarctica and uh, and Alaska. And then a, then like hundreds in China, hundreds and a bunch in Japan, a lot of smaller ones in Japan. And they're not all just pointy pyramids and like, like, uh, like, like, um, a normal pyramid shape. They, they can be long and look like a tent. Okay. So they have those and most of those are gray and or black and some are white and, um, and occasionally maybe a, like a red, reddish one or, you know something like that but um but it comes down to the main one is gold and uh at the very least it it would stem into free energy it's it starts out like this at the very least what are the ancient stories first we did not have fire and you know there was fires in the woods and they eventually noticed lightning caused fires and they wanted the power of the gods and they wanted the power of fire either way because because um uh, let's say, I mean, I'm going from the very beginning, you know, way back. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so if the woods would burn down and he'd find a bunch of animals pre-cooked for him. Right? Wow, this, this is edible. We didn't have to hunt it. We've got all these things we could eat, you know, and, uh, so eventually, eventually they could capture fire and, uh, eventually someday, you know, they started making fires out of wood and started cooking and, and the ones who were able to carry on that flame, so to speak, long enough were the lasting civilizations. Way later, that developed into Anunnaki and Egypt and beyond and everything else. But in that, in between the time period, they found oil. And I mean like oils from like vegetable oil, animal oils, and they had the lamps. And one goal they had, they were enamored by the sun. They wished they could control light for the crops and uh guide their way and the moon lit their way at night and the stars guided them in the ships and uh they wanted so the flame like it was mysterious how light came out of this flame how does light come out of an object 
it's like from the gods either way. And but it helped them and they needed it. So eventually they had candles and and the lamp oil. And the problem was it would always burn up and they wanted the eternal flame. And that linked to religion as well. They wanted an eternal soul and an eternal body, a perfect body. So eventually where did where were they were they were in the Middle East oil was coming up out of the damn ground unrefined and they could burn it so that was part of the lamp the old fire they wanted it to be eternal and that and if they had iron and they perfected oil well somewhere between you know fire and the pyramid power then that still would have been a story a goal of all ancients is to have the eternal flame and to never run out of fuel just so that it always burns and you never have to replenish it. So either way, they they knew fires were started by lightning and maybe they perfected the electrostatic spark. And one of the, some of the stories are they found the ley lines where certain stones, if the stones were put on like a certain pile in certain areas, they, they glowed. They just lit up. It was free power. Mm-hmm. They they didn't have lamps necessarily in the town, but they'd all gather around them. These round stones, they'd make a round stone, and it would just would always be lit up so they'd have light. So that was like they didn't necessarily understand it, but it was being powered by the earth somehow. And it was like a free energy either way, whether they understood it or not. And that probably led to the pyramids, or the pyramids is what led to that. So they may have had wanted at least a light that always glowed that always stayed lit. So the pyramids may have been gathering electrostatic energy, earth energy, earth uh, ground to sky energy, causing a stone or gold or something at the top to always stay lit. So everyone always knew the way home. And uh, we never have to be powered again. And eventually that would lead to maybe the homes which may have led to Tartarian homes, possibly, and um, some kind of Tesla-like energy. And um, that's now that very, may- that's very, yeah, that's very true. And in, in some of the things I've read about Tartaria, they were saying like it definitely had like, and you're right too that it was always at the top of the buildings. They would have like a light source that was like a powered light source. I've also heard stories. And read things about they, some people do think not everybody, but some people do think that the pyramids were actually the tops would what kind of light up and that they could kind of have that technology. Some say that you know if you look at some of the the hieroglyphs in Egypt and that it shows kind of like a light bulb that they were working with and stuff like that. I mean it's all in how you look at it, but I could definitely see that that they did have whether they like and I like the way you said whether they knew how it worked or not, they just knew that it worked and they were using the taking the benefits from it yeah exactly and um and then eventually we developed serious real real serious um technology for sure through people like tesla which they hid the real good stuff let Mm -hmm. out other stuff that they couldn't stop from getting out and uh, then they made money off of it and one of the things people don't know people don't realize See, the way the rich are making money off of um, selling us electricity isn't really quite complete, as people say. I'm one of the only ones who have ever said this. And I, I say a lot of things like this a lot of people don't say. See, they knew 
they knew they'd make a killing on copper as well. They have to get it to your home by all the wires. You know how much wire is, like how much copper and now silver and other things are in? For sure. Uh, Expensive. Yeah, it's super expensive, and they have to – people have to pay for that and mine it. One way or the other, it goes into the cost, and, um, like, it's just another way to take hold of the mines and buy up the land and everything else. But real quick, hello to Valerie out there, and and more of those comments, uh, Rick, uh, had to do with, let's see, I think – where was it? i got to find it real quick because someone said something like, Need to find aliens. Uh, nope, that's a different version of it. Um, they, were talking, they were talking about the gold being for the aliens, and then somebody else said, no, no, uh, the aliens are coming back to take the gold. I can you know? see it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. I mean, who knows? And I know a lot of people believe that, too, that they are coming back or that they're still here. Right. Oh, Poof said maybe the aliens have come to give us the gold back now that they're done with it. And That's blasph- possible. Yeah, maybe. Instead of the opposite, which uh, blasphemous Buddha, who's been with us for many years. Hey, buddy, a uh, uh, great commenter. Thank you. He great to have you. Thanks for listening. Yep. And he's the one who said, no, they are coming to collect the gold. Yeah, and uh, then there's a whole bunch more, but I know we're about out of time. And right, um, yeah, we should wrap this up. And I definitely want to get you on again, Bill, because I think we should definitely do a show just talking about free energy down the road. But uh, I want to thank you so much, Bill, for for coming on the show with me and talking about these topics. And I, I also want to thank you for like when let me call you at, at night sometimes and just uh, answering my questions because I know I uh, ask a lot. So. Thank you for that. Make sure that you check out Bill's show. Go ahead and tell about your show really quick, Bill, and what time you're on and whenever they can find you. Oh, yeah. I'm the, uh, I, I do the weekend nights, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, two separate show titles, though. And uh, so I do Argon on Saturday and Dreamer on Sunday night. So they're both the 10 to midnight shows, but one is on Studio A. That's Dreamer. And uh, wait, which one? Yeah. Yes. And the other one is Studio B, which is Argon. But Perfect. see, Dreamer used to be in the Argon slot, so it still kind of messes with Oh, me. for sure. Yeah. And you have great topics, great guests. So definitely check that out, uh, everyone. And don't forget, stay on. You know, after the break, we're going to have Lori Fenton on. Her show is uh, The Fenton Perspective. So definitely check that out. Great show and great host. And I hope you guys stick around and uh, check that show out. And thanks again, Bill, for uh, coming on. I, I really had a great time, and I love discussing all these topics with you. It's a lot of fun, and you're always welcome back to the crypt anytime. Yeah, cool. Thanks. And we'll talk more free energy and more of that pyramid stuff. Uh, for sure. All right. Take care, guys. Have a great evening, and I will see you next week.
join Revolution Radio every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Studio B for Momentary Zen with host Zen Garcia at freedomsteps.com, the people station. This is Thomas, a.k.a. a mad painter. I'd like you to join me Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Open Canvas. Don't forget to bring an open mind. Yes, folks, that's right. Bring an open mind to an open canvas. Again, that is Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. You opposed government corruption. This is Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. I am Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts to be an underground law school. I am not an attorney, and I do not give legal advice. I teach. That's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, Studio 